Today, I love the Feast of Pentecost, eh? It was the first, for me, it was my first time I ever preached a sermon. It was on, I think I've talked about this before, but it was in the Grand Canyon. And uh, it was on the rim of the Grand Canyon. I was speaking to an ecumenical group. It was, I used to be a Christian minister in the national parks. And it was on Pentecost Sunday, the first time I ever got to preach. And when I was done preaching, this woman sat there and she woke up, come up to me and she says, that was the best Presbyterian homily I ever heard. And I said, well, that's good because I'm a Catholic. Oh, no, you're not a Catholic. Oh, yes, I am. Can you imagine? But anyway, so Pentecost is kind of like the birth of my preaching. And I'll never forget what I preached on that day. I preached about the Tower of Babel. Huh? Remember the Tower of Babel was in Genesis chapter 11. And if you go there with me for a second, I want you to look and see what it says. In Genesis chapter 11, at verse 4, after they start building this temple, they said, Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top, and so make a name for ourselves. Now, you see what happened here. Here's where sin, you know, first parts of Genesis are how sin comes into the world. And sin begins here, if you will, in the people wanting to build a name for themselves. And when someone wants to build a name for themselves, God gets in the midst and destroys it. Because we are not in this world to build names for ourselves, or for our parish, or for our community, or for me. We can never build names for ourselves. Whenever you and I think I have to build a name for myself, and make myself important, then God will destroy us. It's that simple. Now, it's very important for someone like me who goes around and has tapes out and all this stuff. God could care less. You know, and if Father Larry thinks he's going to build a name for himself, then God will destroy Father Larry. It's that simple. We cannot ever build names for ourselves or our particular theology or our particular charism or our particular way of doing things absolutely positively will be destroyed by God. So, that's a good way to start out, huh? So we sit there and think, okay, so what am I supposed to do then, Father? Well, let's go to Acts here, huh? And in chapter Acts, chapter Acts, okay, that'll work. In chapter 2 of Acts, we see what happens here. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together, and suddenly there came from the sky a noise of a strong wind, driving wind, and filled the entire house. Then they appeared in tongues of fire, which parted on them and rest on one of them, every one of them. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues. Now notice, the first thing that sin does is divides. The first thing that grace and the Holy Spirit does is what? Unite. And, the Spirit, and as the Spirit enabled them in proclamation. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven, saying in Jerusalem, at this sound they gathered in a large crowd, and they were confused because each one heard them speaking in their own language. And they were astonished and amazed, and they asked, are these not people speaking Galileans? But they all heard them in their own language. And they went on and on. See, what happens is, when we don't build a name for ourselves, when we start building a name for God and proclaiming God and letting the Spirit of God work within us, then what happens is unity. The way to find out whether a group or a person or somebody is under the Holy Spirit is does it bring unity? 
is it bring unity amongst the people. That's the way to tell, not my particular thing, always to build up the body, huh? That's what it's about. And again, the way we do that is two ways. How do I sit there and really surrender the Spirit of God? Well, just like the apostles did, they went and they prayed and they waited. And so must we be people. Well, most of us have been doing a nine-day novena of the Holy Spirit. So we've prayed and we waited. And some of us might have been doing that a long time, but it hasn't really fooled. We're full, still not fully surrendered to the Spirit of God. Well, then we go to the gospel today, and the gospel will give us a little bit of a tinge about what yet we must do. If you go to chapter 14, verse 15, chapter 14 of John's gospel, chapter 14 of John's gospel, verse 15, and then it says there, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you. So where is the key here? If you love me, you will what? Obey me. You will keep my commandments. That the way that I cannot build a name for myself is if I am in humble obedience to Jesus Christ. I've got to be a person who's truly obedient to the Spirit of God in my life. Not me, not my wants, not my uh, pet peeves, to the Spirit of God. So what always happens, that's why for a priest, you know, I remember when I got ordained, we had to take celibacy only once. I had to take a vow of celibacy just once. But I had to take a vow of obedience twice. And I remember sitting at the dinner table with Bishop Murphy, and I'll say, the night of our ordination, and we're eating lobster, and that, and I can't stand lobster. And I'm trying to smile and put a lot of butter on this stuff. And he says, how is that, Larry? Oh, fine, I'm lying to the bishop right before I'm ordained. And uh, <laughs> not a good thing. And I says, Bishop, can I ask you a question? And he says, sure. I said, how come we only take one vow of celibacy, but two vows of obedience? I don't know, Larry, why do you ask me these questions? And he had no idea, and he still hasn't answered me that question. But I think it's because reality, obedience is the hardest thing. Because when you and I put our will submissive to another, that's when everything, that's when God can have his way with us, huh? Obedience is the key to setting the Holy Spirit free in our life. But the problem is, especially on Americans, especially with charismatics, sometimes we're not obedient. I have the Spirit of God, and he's telling me, oh, really? Obey the Spirit. Shut your mouth and listen. Obey. Huh? Obey. Put yourself under that reality. We got to obey the church. Obey the bishop. We got to obey. And when we finally do that, then the Spirit of God can be released with us in such great power that we become truly one. The key to the surrender of the Spirit is obedience. And with that key, not only is it obedience, but it cries out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 3. Therefore I tell you that nobody speaking the Spirit of God says, Jesus be accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. What must happen in your and my life is that my whole life is for the glory of Almighty God period. Not judging others to think whether they are or they are not. 
But me, me, under Almighty God, am I under the Spirit of God? Am I obedient to God, to the church? And when I am, then I would, all I'll do is proclaim, not me, but Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. And Lord means he's what? In charge of every part of my life. Is Jesus Lord of your life? If you've been wondering why you fully haven't yet surrendered to the power of the Spirit of God, it all comes back to that. If you've been praying for these nine days for the fullness of the surrender of the Holy Spirit, and you still don't see all those fruit in your life, Oh, comes back to obedience as Jesus being Lord of your life. And what part of your life yet is not under his obedience? You know, the saints used to say, it takes just a thread to stop a bird from flying. It takes just one thread to stop a bird from flying. It just takes one part of non-obedience in our life to stop us from truly flying set free. If you and I say, well, I'm obedient in all these other things except for that, that's the one thing that's keeping you from being set free. So today what we really need to do is we need to ask the Holy Spirit to fully reveal in our hearts what is that which is not fully yet surrendered in obedience to him. What am I still trying to make a name for myself about? And ask him to transform me that I may be obey him in all things. And I may proclaim with my life that Jesus is Lord and not me. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.